What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh, baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldron. Welcome in, everybody, on this beautiful Friday. Uh, I'm not the captain of this. I, I guess I'm, I'm John. I'm Terry's lieutenant of the ship. <laughs> You've been on a ship before. It's been a few years. Yeah, it's been a few years, but uh, not the captain, but the nobody can be the captain except for Terry Waldron. Again, welcome this morning to The Edge here on Sports Talk 97.7. Mark Kramer and Santoria Black here with you. And uh, we'll, uh, I gave you a homework assignment last night, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But again, please remember uh, Jamie Fox and Sean Fox uh, in your prayers as uh, Jamie lost his mom a couple of days ago, and they're still dealing with arrangements and different things. So please remember them in, in your prayers and think about them as they're going through this tough time, Jamie should be back with us here in the morning on Monday as Terry will be out Monday as well and be back on Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, uh, The Edge is brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, 165 North and Monroe, 345-4545, best pet care anywhere on the planet. Spa Nouvelle and Lammy Lane in Monroe. You can reach those fine folks at 807 807- 1060 and Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, specializing in criminal defense, personal injury, wrongful death. Don't delay, call Bobby today, and you can reach Bobby and his staff at 342 1411. And you can reach us on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line, which is 888 993 7762. We had a great show yesterday, had a lot of texts and a lot of calls. Uh, about our subject matter we got through our our bottom five yesterday we're going to do our top five today and that leads me to the homework assignment that i gave everybody yesterday and that is to come up with some more of your uh top five pet peeves in sports uh that we had a bunch of really good ones yesterday so uh let's hit it up again today and uh, give us some as we go through as we go through our top five uh, starting <clears throat> excuse me starting this morning and finish off the list uh, my bottom five yesterday uh, over praising announcers was my number 10 complaints about uh, the length of baseball games versus the length of other sporting events now nowadays number eight was comparing different eras from one to another in different and different sports uh catchy phrases that announcers use that they substitute for just normal things uh, instead of just saying a guy dribbled to the basket and all of that and then flopping <laughs> flopping you haven't changed your attitude since yesterday no <laughs> <laughs> flopping in the nba and in soccer <clears throat> so your bottom five bottom Santoria five were, uh, starting at 10 icing as a defense uh, that thing is just it just slows the game down number nine is flopping uh, number eight, um, coaches who just do too much. You know, they just, you know, act like real jerks when you do you know, press conferences and things like that. Uh, let's see, number seven, PA announcers doing play-by-play. Just be a PA announcer. Stop. Uh, number six, refs getting too involved in the game, being a part of the game and ending up not uh, instead of just calling the game the way it should be. Uh, they get too involved and just end up messing it all up. So that's my bottom five. Okay. Now we're at number five. <clears throat> okay, now real quick before we get to our top five, John, the uh, we'll get our resident expert here, Mr. John Tabor. Uruguay and France just started their quarterfinal match 
in the World Cup just started a couple minutes ago. Who you got and why? Duh. We're putting you on the spot. Got to make a I, prediction. I, I want to go with you. My heart says Uruguay, but my head says France because Edison Cavini is unavailable up top for Uruguay today. And I just don't know if they're going to have enough firepower. Okay, so France has got that you, rookie. You heard it right here. And Uruguay almost just scored on, wow. a, on a cross, just missed the, the sidebar. So, okay, so here's our top five. And, again, hope you filled out your homework assignment from last night, 888-993-7762. Okay, number five. I talked about this last week, so this may be kind of a repeat for some of our regular listeners. Number five for me, players that want to be on a championship team during free agency. I just get tired of that same old phraseology from some of these guys. Well, I want to play on a champion. I want to go to some place where I can play on a, on a championship team. Well, you know what? So does everybody. <laughs> you know, if you play for the Sacramento Kings, say, in, in basketball, uh, you know, or now since the heat's not very good, or the Miami Heat, you still want to play for a championship? Everybody wants to play for a championship. What makes you, just because you're an all-star player, what makes you have the right to think that you're the only one that deserves to play on a championship team? You know, we talked about chasing rings, mm -hmm. you and I did, saying the other day. And it's the same kind of concept. You know, why are only the star players allowed to chase rings? What's what's wrong with the, uh, you know, the bench player uh, from, uh, you know, from the Milwaukee Bucks or the, New York, or the New York Knicks wanting to play for a championship? Well, here's the difference. Okay, <laughs> I, and, I, and I completely get this. I think it has changed the landscape of the game, and I don't necessarily care for it. Like, you know, LeBron with the decision and he goes to Miami. Well, I think it's bad for Cleveland. the league for all these star players and now they're already talking, you know, Damian Lillard comes up from the Trailblazers and just kind of throws out there in a press conference, well, you know, might not be a bad idea to go to the Lakers. Uh, give me a break. Okay, here's, here's the thing. I get, why, I get why players do this because they want to win a ring. And, I mean, if you have the ability and the cachet to do it, why not do it? You know, the you know Giannis for the Bucks. You know, if they say, "Hey, we want you at the Lakers, and we're going to offer you goo gobs of millions of trillions of dollars or whatever," okay, I mean, I can see why he does that. Now, you know, John Smith, who sits on the bench, who's like ninth in the game, who gets in every blue moon. You know, he's not going to get that opportunity unless he's like a package deal. You know, we got John Smith. We got uh, Joe Blow and two packs of, of Marlboros and some Twinkies and Susie Q's, and we traded them to the Lakers for one player. And, I mean, and that's just the way some guys get on teams. So I get why they want to do it. Here, but I agree with you on one thing. It, I don't think it is good for the, for the league. It's, I think not, it's, good. it's you know, not good for the league to be able to sit there. You and I could sit down and, and have, a, have a, say, an NBA preview show in uh, September, October, and we could probably list just six teams, maybe even four teams. Yep. And those are the only teams that have a legitimate chance out of 30 teams that have a legitimate chance of going to the NBA Finals. That's right. And that's sad, and that's why they're, uh, that's why the NBA's ratings during the regular season are so awful because nobody really cares about the regular season because they know it doesn't really matter that those same four teams – that you're going to mention in that conversation are going to be there at the end, regardless of how the regular season shakes out. Right. So, you know, while I get it and, you know, Hey, just like uh, Boogie cousins, you know, it's a sore spot for a lot of folks, you know, he, you know, said, Hey, I, and, and the, and the Pelicans offered him some good money. Yes. He was just like, I'm going he for actually is getting less money. He's getting from less the Lakers. Money. He's getting considerably less money That's right. from the Lakers. And they offered him that money. The Pelicans offered him, I think, two years and $40 million. That was after his injury, not before. That's right. So they were willing to take a chance on him. And uh, this is where he kind of screwed the pooch a little bit, you know, by not taking it and going See, off. I, I'll, I'll defend Boogie. No, you won't. Yeah, I will. No, I'm not going to let you. And, and here's Turn your why, microphone here's off. Why. Turn your microphone off. He has bet on himself to take a, a pro rate, uh, discounted one-year deal He's going to be rehabbing three-fourths of the year anyway. 
So let me take a one-year deal on a championship team, get healthy, work my way back into my game, bet on myself, and then go and grab that max contract. He wasn't getting offered max contracts by anybody, not even New Orleans. You know, they just want to give him two years. Yeah, but $20 million? He could live off of that I, the I, rest of I his life. I realize that. He could live off that the rest but of his Mark, life. But, Mark, whether we want to admit it or not, a player of his ability at the top of his game when healthy, that is not market value anymore for him. <laughs> Which is really sad. And that's the truth. Is that's, it, is it really sad or is it or is it good for the game that it's grown? You know, that, it's that, sad. That's a debate within itself. Yeah, it's sad. I, I kind of lean towards you. I'm, yeah. How much money do you, I mean? How much money is enough? But you know. But from but from analyzing your value on the market, I get it. You know, I nothing's guaranteed in my mind. I think he may have. You know, it, it's a risky move. Again, he's betting on yeah, himself. Yeah, it's a very risky move but, considering that. Injury. But if he does come back, say in, in February or March, and puts up solid number, you know, I guess reasonable for all that talent would probably be 15 and 10 15 and 8 something like that yeah but shows the ability that he's healthy again he'll get that max contract offer from probably it won't be from golden state but it could be from the lakers or it could be so you know philly or somewhere else down the road so so while i may not another team where agree he'd, with, right another I may not team agree where he'd have it, a great opportunity to win a championship well i think i think he's got a chance well, you're not i think he had a chance to build something in new orleans myself yeah you're not going to see him go scrambling for a max contract from the Knicks. He's not going back to Sacramento. <laughs> no. You're right, exactly. But you, know, but you know what he did, But I understand though? what he's doing. I, I get it. Let me okay. tell you what Golden State did. Golden State pulled a St. John's when Lou Carnesecca was the head coach. And let me tell you why, why, I, why I explain that. When Carnesecca used to be the head coach at St. John's, one of the things that he used to do when he used to have epic battles against P.J. Carlissimo when he coached at St. Uh, Seton Hall, Hall yeah. one of the things that he said is, sometimes I get players so other teams don't, don't get, get them. Yeah. That's what Golden State did because think about it. Bear Bryant did that in the SEC Bear Bryant did in the years. SEC. Yeah. So if you think about the calculated move that he that that's they made. That's a great point. You know, that's you know, not yeah. just putting them on their roster. That's keeping them off, off of New Orleans of roster or yeah. or the Lakers roster or Portland or, or anybody where he could go take that one-year deal and make a playoff run with somebody. Yeah. That's why the limited scholarships ended up coming in to college football. Yeah. Because all of, you know, teams like Pat Dye at Auburn and Dooley at Georgia and Bear Bryant uh the and um uh the the um, gosh uh, uh, Daryl Royal at Texas, mm -hmm. Frank Broyles at Arkansas. Those guys, that's why they recruited guys they knew weren't going to play for them. Dan Devine at Notre Dame. Yeah. 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 They just <laughs> – they, thanks a lot. They just kept guys off of other teams. So, uh, real quick, Cookie texts in, my number one pet peeve in sports is the rules committee making the rules so complex. This is the NFL. Uh, nobody understands what a catch is. And then number two, referees that use index cards for judgment calls. Yes, indeed. <laughs> You're number five, Mr. Really, Block. Really quick, it's going to take about two seconds. And I know some people are not like this, but that I'm just – I do not like Thursday night high school football. I, I can't stand that. I really do not. I'm a traditionalist. I think high school belongs what on Friday you, nights. What bothers you more, Thursday, high school on Thursday or college on Friday? I ain't a big fan of college on Friday. See, I'm not crazy about that either. But I'm, I'm really not a Thursday night high school football fan. I hated it when I was in school because you had to go back to school on Friday. I don't like it now. I think that Thursday night high school football, it's just, it, I don't like it. I think a, it's Friday A lot night. of times in, in defense of that, I'm not really defending it, just an explanation, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of associations that don't have enough referees to do games all on Friday. A lot of those Thursday games are because of referee situations now to your point the thing i don't like is when we get to that week 10 oh just and where oh, everybody well we want to go scout so we're going to move we'll our game thursday to thursday night. you knew that at the beginning of the season yeah and three quarters of the games in our area all of a sudden get changed to from thursday night from friday to thursday because people want to go out and scout games uh you know if it's not scheduled that way come on is it about <clears throat> scouting or is it about the gate I think it's, it's a about, little bit of both. No, it's about scouting. I know. I think it's a okay, little bit of the both. Last week of the season, I agree. But I think no, I'm talking about the last week of the season. Mid mid season in some of these small oh, schools. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I want to say is is it OCS and Starlington that have played on Thursday? Yes. fairly regularly. Yes, I get it. You know, that's a, that's a gate thing. Yeah, and then a lot of them just like you know, hey, well, you're the only show on Thursday. I, I'm just I'm just not a big Thursday fan. 
Not well, of high school football. To, like I said, ask a small school where that one night may be half of their revenue. Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I get it. I just don't I don't care for it. <laughs> I mean, I get it, and I know why they do just it. Just a bump on a log. I just don't it. like it. You know, that's a pet peeve of mine in sports, especially, like you said, at the end of the season. You knew at the beginning of the season that you wanted to go scout or whatever. Just look, to me, to me, look, by week five, you tell me whether or not you're going to play on Thursday night. If you're not, you can't do it. Period. End of story. Yeah. I can't stand Thursday night football as it is. Yeah. I mean, just, um, just not a bit. I don't like the NFL necessarily on Thursday. Yeah, no, I don't like the Thursday games <clears throat> on the NFL. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I've, already, high school I've football. already talked about that a lot, about the fact, and I hope they change it. Uh, even with the networks, uh, with the contract, once that contract's out, you know, the players can – Revote when the collective bargaining agreement comes back out or comes back up. You know, the players can vote down playing on Thursday night. That's part of the collective bargaining agreement. But if this, just like this time, you know, you had a lot of players in press conferences complaining about Thursday games. Well, we can't recover as fast and da da da. And that's all true. It's all very true. But don't vote for it. Yeah, don't vote or for it. Here's you know, the, don't vote here's for the compromise you make. <clears throat> You, you have it instituted that every team with a Thursday night game gets the day, gets, gets a, well gets a bye before that exactly That's because right. then you play on Thursday and you've got nine days yeah, afterwards right. and, it, and it can be done the NFL just hasn't done it or won't uh, approach that but if you vote for it and that's not the situation. Well, here's the here's the concession that the league's going to want go to eighteen games. Yeah, well, then, that ain't going to happen. But but from a player's perspective, if you don't want it or don't like it. Don't vote for it. It's as simple as that. 888-993-7762. Give us your other pet peeves for sports. We'll go to number four when we return here on The Edge in just a minute. Welcome back to The Edge here on Sports Talk 97.7. Mark Kramer and Santoria Black. John Tabor has uh, the uh, France-Uruguay game is still, I'm sorry, match is uh, at about the 20th minute with no score. Both teams have had an opportunity, but have not been able to as of yet. Been able to put it in the net. Quarterfinals uh, today and tomorrow, correct, John? And then the semifinals. Are, yes, quarters are, are today and tomorrow, and the semis are Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday next week. And you got third place next Saturday and the championship next Sunday. All right, there you go. We hope, uh, hopefully, and plan on having uh, Coach Kevin Sherry the head coach from Louisiana Tech, on with us on Monday uh, to get him to uh, break down the quarterfinal games and then get some predictions from him on the uh, on the semifinals and who he thinks might win the whole thing. 888-993-7762 is our number to get us on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line or hotline. So we're down to number four. And I'll let you go first. Number four. All right. So, you know, small college folks normally, especially mid-majors or small colleges, you know, when you hear big colleges whine, you, you hate that because you're just like, I don't really care. You've got the majority of the resources. You've got all this money that you're bringing into your athletic department. Quit whining. Oh, we don't want to do this. And we're big schools. You don't understand. Listen, you're with the big boys. And to me, one of the problems that I often see is that the Power Five, and I'm not, an, I, I, I'm really not an apologist for the Power Five at all. I think that the Power Five gets more concessions, get gets away with more, does a lot more, and then when they do get caught, you don't understand. No, no. And here's the other thing: when Power Five schools lose games, well, we didn't have our big time guys. Stop making excuses. You are Power Five school. When Michigan lost. The Appalachian State, when I heard, well, you know, we just didn't have our best game. I, stop it. You got beat by Appalachian State. You know what? So just take it and go ahead with it. So my thing is, is that, you know, to me, stop whining. You have more resources than anybody else. The fewer are the power five. The most are the mid-majors and those who are the low majors. And so to me, when you get caught, yeah, the penalty should be stiffer because you guys have more to deal with. You have more resources and more people that can monitor things. So quit whining, especially when you lose games. You ever notice when you get, especially in the SEC, when you have people in the SEC that lose these games in the Big Ten and they lose some of these smaller games, well, you know, we didn't have the quarterback. How many excuses did we see when LSU lost last year? How many excuses did we hear? 
you lost because you sucked that day. That's why you lost. Or you didn't take it serious. You didn't take a, it serious. And a team snuck up and beat you. So quit whining. <clears throat> College teams that whine in the Power Five. I don't like it. Okay, my number four. I just can't stand – I call it trappings. Mm-hmm. Youth, young kids and even dads or moms, for that matter, fall into the fall into trappings of having to look like the part that you're playing. What I mean by that, the one that really gets me is the sunglasses on the bill of the cap. Mm. You never wear them. It can be raining. And you've got guys walking around with their baseball hats, with their sunglasses, sitting up on the bill of their hat. And then you see the dad walk in, and then here comes little Johnny, number, you know, a nine or ten-year-old playing, uh, you know, fifth-level travel ball. And he walks in, and he's got his sunglasses. Mark. And and it's cloudy outside, and he's got his sunglasses you, you, you on top of his You hat. don't like matching dad and son wristbands? No. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Little Johnny's out in the field, decked out. Okay, <laughs> but when Dad's up in the stands, yeah. got wristbands or, and eye, yeah. eye black eye. Or John's, or John's, Johnny's dad. You know the same kind of jersey with Johnny's dad on, or you know Susie's mom. Um, now see, I'll let the t-shirts go because that's usually Mama. You're too that's, weak. That's no, I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually true. Mama that's forcing Daddy to wear that. <laughs> well, shirt. That, that's possible. Yes. But the sunglasses thing on the bill of the hat, it just it just absolutely kills me. Yeah, the, because yeah, you don't wear them. Well, the, the if you're going to have them on, wear them. Or they, they walk out looking like Javi Baez. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, you're six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you're six years old. I, I saw, I saw a, a, Headband, wristbands, all, fingers yeah. taped, eye black, the, the whole nine. And then, of course, you know. Sunglasses on. I never wore sunglasses. They got in the you know, because but I that always... just it just drives me, and it shouldn't probably, but it just the trapping again. I call it trappings of uh, of looking the part. You know, just play the part. Go out and play, or go out and coach. I, I think a or lot whatever. of a Don't lot of that, just play the part. A lot of that is the culture of now living in a television age. Exactly, that's what I'm talking you know, about. Granted, you had ball on TV when I grew up in in the. In the kid in the eighties, but it was before cable TV really exploded, and you still you had three or four games on each week. So the news you got was still often from print. Well, now every you know these kids see everybody on TV all the time. You know, reading box scores out of a newspaper is no longer how you get your news for baseball. You flip on, or you don't even turn the TV on anymore. Now you get online and watch thirty second videos. So it's yeah. it's a different way of the game representing itself to the youth. And golfers are worse, actually. Golfers have the glasses now. They have them behind their hat, mm. uh, facing backwards behind them. Bring back or, the flip glasses. Yeah, or they put them in their in the back collar of their shirt behind them, hanging behind. They them. just see, they just have them in the case they need. I, them. I I can understand that because if you hang them on, let from, your caddy put them. In well, their if you hang them from the front of your shirt. When you lean over to swing, they're going to fall out. Yeah, but why even have them stuck in your shirt? Let your caddy carry them. That's what he's there for. Mark, they may get a sudden gust of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so that's my that's my number four, the sunglasses thing with uh, on the bill of the hat or behind the hat or whatever. If you're going to have them, put them on and wear them. Do they still make the flip glasses? Yeah, they still make the flip glasses. I saw it the other day, and I was watching uh, – Washington, the, the Nationals play somebody, and maybe the Orioles, and a couple of the outfielders had the flip, has still had the flip glasses on, because the, what Sand said jokingly is is true. Or you had said Augusta Sunshine, you know, when you're playing in a baseball game, if that cloud uh, moves the, and the that cloud, ball's coming yeah, in. <laughs> the clouds move from time to time, and you may be, you know, in the shade in one pitch, and the next pitch the sun will be out. So you've got to have those things to be able to flip down if you need them. So. Let's go to the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union text line. And Cookie says, here's another one thing. As a former coach, I can actually say this. I don't like coaches that think the world owes them something, whether they win or lose. There are some coaches that believe, hey, I'm the coach. Give me everything for free. I don't believe in that, and I think it's wrong, and there is a lot of that that, a lot of that, that goes on. 
Yeah. Good, well, good you know. point. Especially if the person wins. Yeah, I, like I say, coaches who do too much just. Uh, Dwayne and Homer says that was epic. <laughs> My number four was epic. Oh, sunglasses. Uh, well, you got sunglasses was your number four, right? That was my number four. Yeah. So let's before the break, let's go to uh, number three. All right, number three, and I think this is terrible for college basketball. I think they need to go to college baseball rules when it comes to coming out early. One and done players. I'm not a fan of the one and dones. They kill the game of college basketball. I understand, hey, they're going out, they're getting their chance, but how many players do you see that come out that are one-and-done players that really get a chance? And I mean, it's only two rounds in the NBA. It's not like it's seven rounds. So if you don't get in in the first two rounds, which the first round is the only guaranteed round, then you're, you're stuck in maybe not even making a team. To me, I think they need to go to the college baseball rules where if you come out early, you come out early in high school, you think you're that good, great. But if you decide to go to school, you can't come out until I think your junior or after your junior after year. your junior year. I like those rules because I think that if you're that good and you say, "Hey, they shouldn't have been in," like for instance, they talk about Ben Simmons; he shouldn't have been in college in the first place. Fine, come out and come out of high school, and then when you come out and you're not drafted in the first two rounds, get your butt in college and you can't come back until after your junior year. Because I think that says, "Well, they're not having a fair opportunity." Yes, you do because if you if you're going to, if you think you're that good and you come out and you can't make it then you get your butt into college and you wait until after your junior year in order to go to the Yeah, draft. and if they decide like to go overseas, you know, that's their choice. To choose. Some of the guys have gone overseas and played until they were eligible again for the NBA draft, and that's their choice to do that. But, yeah, I, I like that. I wish that um, the NBA, they've started the developmental league, and it's kind of in, still in its infancy, even though they've had it a few years. Uh, but they still have to work some things out. But I'd like to see some levels. Uh, some leveling of their and basically have a minor league system in place like uh, Major League Baseball does and have those same exact rules for college uh, baseball. I mean, for basketball that they do for college baseball. I totally, uh, totally agree with that. Let's go ahead and take a break and I'll do my number three when we come back. And then Leroy has a question for me that I will link up to my number three, which I also have strong feelings about as a former baseball player and coach as well uh, in on the college level. And I'll answer that question from Leroy when we return here on The Edge. The Edge brought to you by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, and Spa Nouvelle on Lammy Lane in Monroe. Back after this. Welcome back to The Edge. Here on 97.7, Santoria Black, Mark Kramer here with you, along with John Tabor. And uh, Leroy's question that I talked about, teased before the break, he says, Coach, how do you feel about wristbands for signals in baseball? I hate it. (laughs) I absolutely hate it. Whatever happened to learning the signals? You don't need a crib sheet for pitches. If your pitching signals are that intricate, I understand because we used to have, we used to sit people, whether I was playing or coaching, you always have players on the bench designated to try and steal the pitching signals from the other team. That's just, my son was really good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he had a teammate uh, from, from Rustin, Andrew Sheely. Him and uh, when they were younger freshmen and sophomores, they used to, they were kind of the designated uh, signal stealers. And uh, they were really good. Uh, who got stuck out in center field? They were really good at it. <laughs> Who, who got stuck no, out in nobody center out field. in center field. No binoculars, no uh, no video cameras. This was sitting in the dugout watching the coach from the other dugout, and they were actually really good at real, it. Real real quick, yes or no answer. It's still in signs part of the game. Yes, I agree. Yes, it's part of the game. Not not by putting somebody in the scoreboard <laughs> in center field or out in the stands like they did in Major League Baseball and got caught. But uh, I hate that. Make the kid. It's just a crib sheet. You're just saying basically to the players, well, I don't think you can learn this. If your system, and this may be an old school, you know, I get accused all the time of, you know, being Mr. Old Fuddy Duddy. But if your system is so intricate to call signal, to call pitches, which I did my whole career, or 
uh, for your base, you know, for bunting and stealing and hitting runs and all that. If your system is so intricate that they need wristbands and college kids or high school kids can't learn them, then you need to scrap it and make it more simple. There's no, there's nothing that drives me insane more, especially on pitch calling, that the catcher and it, you saw it in the College World Series. Yeah, the College World Series catchers had the wristbands, and they'd get a signal from the dugout, and then they'd look over at their wristband just to call a pitch. Well, I mean, it, come on, man, that's ridiculous. It, let me ask you a question because I asked I asked a coach about this during the swag tournament. Is it more or less about calling a pitch, or is it more about a situational call? Because I think they're different. Because based on situations are the things that you're going to call. Like, for instance, if you're getting a – and we're going to get to Mike and Monroe here in just one second. If you're in a certain situation, maybe the coach is sending you a sign for a situation and you may have a list of pitches for that situation. Is it, Maybe that's it. I don't know. Nope. I'm trying. It's just a crib sheet. Mike, Mike and Monroe. Welcome, Mike. Hey, how y'all guys doing this morning? Doing great, man. Thanks for calling. Uh, <laughs> I, I think when y'all mentioned pet peeve uh, and, and this is about the Thursday night game, you know, in high school, we didn't win that much. So, yeah, that Thursday night game went too hot. We had to turn right around the next day and walk, walk in school. <laughs> and you didn't lost the game. And, and not only you saw it, you didn't lost. So, and you had that 48 hour period for some of your classmates to forget after a Friday night right. game. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, that, that, that 48 hours sucked, man. You know, being in a Thursday night game, sucked. And we did a lot of losing through my high school career. So, I, you know, played quite a few Thursday night games. So, I had to face the music, you know, one of the band guys, the cheerleaders. And, what happened, man? You know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Thursday night wasn't hot for me at all, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of Thursday night. And I get this. Like, for instance, in the city, you don't have a choice. Like, for instance, I'm not a huge fan of, the, of high schools playing Saturdays either. But if you go down to South Louisiana and New Orleans, you don't have a choice because you're sharing fields, you're sharing officials, all that kind of – I get it and I understand it. I mean, I got to like it, but I get it and understand why you have to do it. You know, because to me, Saturday, that's college football time. I don't play no high school football. I'm going to watch a high school football game on Saturday. It's college time. But if you live in certain parts of the country – or, you know, your school is landlocked and you've got to go share Tad Gormley or whatever the case is down in New Orleans, you don't really have a choice in the matter because somebody's got to play on Saturday because there's so many schools down there. Yeah. So, I mean, I get why they have to do that sometimes. It's more of a an operational thing with officials or field availability. You know, sometimes it's the weather. I get all those things. You know, and I get the finance of it on Thursday, too. You want to play on Thursday. But I'm with you, man. I hated Thursday night games, and the ones that we had to play, which weren't very many, I don't want to go on Friday, especially if it was a playoff game and I lost on a Thursday. I want to go back to school on Friday. I'm beat up. I don't feel well. I got a major attitude. I don't want to do anything on Friday except after, except just be home. Yeah, and if you did win, you could go see your buddies and other the other schools play. And you be in the bleachers and say, "Oh, y'all won last night, huh? Yeah, man." You just kind of put your chest out a little bit. So when you when you were like one for twenty five in your high school career, what you was way to go at all back then. So, <laughs> Mike, thanks, bud. Yeah, have a nice morning. Sorry you didn't win anymore in high school. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Leroy comes back in and says, "Amen, coach." He says, "I hate them too. We play." 12U travel ball and saw a team use them in 12 and under travel ball. Really? Yeah. And wow. that gets me to my number three. Good segue there, Leroy. You should be in radio, buddy. Um, and that is uh, youth parents, youth parents and travel teams. Uh-oh. That's my number three. Really? Yeah. They're unreal. Parents are unreal. That's why I had to, I had to kind of hyphenate it because it's two separate subjects. Parents are so unrealistic with their, especially with the young kids. I mean, this year, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you've got travel teams for T-ball. Yeah. Come on, really? Yep. Travel teams for T-ball, unbelievable. It's dumb. Uh, you know, who do you pick on a on a T-ball team, say for girls, for even for boys, but say you're doing softball. Uh who do you pick the 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 little girl or the little boy that that throws rocks the least during in between innings or doesn't pick as many flowers as somebody else? You know <laughs> that's what. Um, 
And real quick, uh, that's a Uruguay scored a goal in their own goal, didn't they? No, no, France scored that goal. Mm-hmm. No, that was a true header. Yep. So Uruguay scored. No, no France scored. scored. Well, it hit off the Uruguay guy's head. No. Yes. No. No, it didn't. It was close, but the Uruguay guy missed it. Yeah, it looked like it hit off his head. If it, he wishes it would have, he wishes the, it would have hit off. Look his at head. the replay. We'll look at the replay. Yeah, see that guy right there? It hit off his head. Okay. Anyway, so now France is ahead, one to nothing. That's a good thing. Yeah, in the uh, in this in the match, but I mean, really, t-ball travel teams. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Let, let the kids learn. Let the kids learn the game. There shouldn't be all stars up until a certain age. Um, you know, another thing I saw in a, a travel a travel tournament. I was just doing some announcing and keeping the scorebook. Uh, you had a nine year old group that was playing regular rules, and they were able to lead off and steal in the nine in this nine year old group. Well, there's no catcher as a general rule unless you got a phenom. There's no catcher that can throw a kid out at second base. You know, they just don't have the arm. Even with the shorter bases, they don't have the arm to do it. And so every time a kid got on first, it was a double. Mm. Whether he got on first by getting hit by a pitch or walked or a single, uh, you know, catcher's interference, it didn't matter. They were able to – it was automatically a double because on the first pitch they would steal to second because the catcher didn't have – none of the catchers, even if they were good catchers, uh, didn't have the arm to throw them out. And so, you know, and, and again, travel teams, you know, you and I are coaching a travel team where our, our kids are on a travel team and they're not starting, you know. And so we think little Johnny and little Bobby should be starting. So you and I go, I, I go to you and say, Sam, our kids should be starting, man. Mm. What's up? Let's go ahead and just start our own travel team. And you go, hey, that's a good idea. Then we can coach and our kids can start. And so now we go find somebody and we, we have our own travel team. And then, so we start our own travel team. Yeah. And that's how it works, you know. And that's how you end up with, you know, five different age groups and five different travel teams in the same age group. Yeah. And, but the, the unrealistic, every parent who played Little League Baseball is a baseball expert. Mm. And all of the phrases, they always use the same phrase. Get your arm, Get your arms up. Get your elbow up. Swing hard now. In case you hit it, <laughs> swing hard. That's a good Come one. on, get up there and swing hard. Swing hard in case you hit it. Swing hard. Yeah, I get it. And it's just it's just the same thing. You know, uh, 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 parents of pitchers. Yeah. Bend your back. Bend your back if they're throwing high. Doesn't have anything to do with your back. If you're throwing the ball high, it's usually – release point, It's it? your release point and your legs that aren't down. It doesn't have anything to do with your back. But anyway, those, those kind of things just kill me. So 888-993-7762. We'll finish off our list and get to some more texts here in the last segment. We're down to number two and number one, and we'll cover that when we return to wrap things up here on a Friday and wrap it up for the week here on The Edge. Be right back. Welcome back. Final segment of the week here on The Edge. It's been great the last couple of days. Thanks for all the texts from everybody and the phone calls, like Mike and Monroe, who called, uh, with uh, all of your stuff for the uh, for our list that we've covered the last two days, Pet Peeves and Sports. Uh, Johnny texts in on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line. He says, uh, yeah, travel ball is usually mostly for the parents' egos. They can tweak the lineup however they want, depending on how much money they pay and which team – that they chose to be on. Good point, Johnny. Let's get back to our list real quick. Now, Larry two. and Monroe's got a text we'll read here okay. in just a minute. But number two, Santoria. Right. The two and one, um, two and one are more about industry things than anything else. For my number two is mistreatment of announcers. Uh, and here's what I mean. So you've experienced this before and so have I. We have gone and I've covered high school football and done high school football games. And you get there and the visiting team's announcers are treated like trash 
make them stay outside in the rain, make them pay unnecessary fees and things like that. Well, schools can do it if they want to, but the way that it's tr- the way that some announcers are treated on the road, it, it's just it's it, bad. It's horrible. Yeah, in high school football, it's it's, it's really notorious. It's, Notorious, yes, yeah. I can speak from experience. Yeah, and so you know, I think that mistreatment of announcers in in, in, in the media uh, sometimes, to me, the media is the lifeblood of why schools have their popularity. Right, exactly. Because you want your program put out there in the media in a positive way. Both teams, yeah, whether it's the visiting team or the home team, yeah. Uh, you know, when we have visiting teams come to Ruston, uh, we try to go to their announcers if they have radio, because some schools don't. And we try to get some pertinent facts about their players to also get their players, uh, you know, names and statistics out there as well. Uh, so we, you know, we kind of bend over backwards to make sure that uh, that their players get their stuff put out there. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and I, and I credit uh, a lot of the the newspaper writers and of course broadcasters who uh, do go out to games and and TV reporters. And sometimes you just you don't get the the treatment that you really should. And I think that this, especially in colleges, when the SIDs really bend over backwards and they and they help the the announcers out, they help the media out. I, I really appreciate those sports information directors. Brian, who's in, who's the SID at Grambling, he does a tremendous job in helping the media out and getting information out, making sure that you have what you need. Uh, Wesley, who did that at Jackson State. Uh, oh gosh, and, and we, we're not even talking about the treatment that we get at Louisiana Tech. It's just you know first class all the way, no matter what sport it is. Uh, ULM is is great. Northwestern, Doug Ireland at Northwestern is yeah. fantastic. So, but you know there are some schools, high school and colleges that you go to, you just don't get that. And I've been to some places where we were treated bad, and you know, and I made you know made that known. It's like, look, I'm never coming back here. And they were just like, well, you know, this and this and policy. I don't want to hear about that. I'm never coming back here if this is the way you treat people. Because, you know, again, media is the lifeblood of wh- why a school is out there, why a team is out there, why people vote you first place. If the, if the media doesn't tell the story, whether it's an announcer or a reporter or a TV, guess what? Nobody knows it. It's like a tree in the woods. You don't hear it falling. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and, just you, my opinion. and a lot of people, and that's true, Sam, because uh, a lot of people have the idea that, because a school is a Division One school, for example, that you know they've got everything that everybody else has, or, or they treat people or have ever all the accommodations for uh, uh, for the media that everybody else has. And, they just, and, they, and you look at just in Conference USA, for example, UTSA. UTSA's got like thirty thousand students or twenty five thousand students. It's a big school numbers wise. Uh, poor old Dave Nitz. You know how old, Dave's over seventy years old. He has to do the baseball game at UTSA in the bleachers yeah. because their press box is so bad and so small that he can't uh, do a baseball game inside. Yep. He's got to do it up in the stands. And for a Division One school, uh, that's you know really, really bad. So a very good point. My number two uh, is something I've covered many, many times, and there's not a – whole lot to explain about it but i just i just can't stand showboating uh-huh. and, you know that's the old coach in me i'm sorry but you know let your playing do the talking we're in such a me first society now and for people to say that it doesn't filter down to the even the junior high or youth leagues uh, no matter what sport it is you're wrong yeah all you have to do is look at kids on the high school football level even junior high football level baseball basketball, football, all the same, you see them mimic what they see on television. And it is and then the you've got these coaches, uh the youth coaches, junior high, high school coaches that have to fight that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to promote a, a team atmosphere and it's not about you and it's about the team, yet they have players that constantly are trying to bring all the attention to themselves. And so I just hate it. But, you know, my view on it was always this. The kids will only do what the coaches allow them to do. Mm. You know, if you don't allow it, then the kids can't do it if they know they can't do it. Mm. You say, hey, listen, you know, if, if you do this, you're, you're sitting mm. or you're, you're gone. Even on the college level, you know, hey, we don't do this here. You know, we run a class program. We don't do this. You know, this, this whatever it happens to be, this, this, and this, we don't do this here. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you know, kind of like that culture. There's a couple of teams, and I admire the coaches, in the NFL where their guys don't 
you know, don't do all the ridiculous. And the thing is, it's not like you've done anything that nobody else has done. Mm-hmm. You know, when the guys do the little circle around their eyes and the, with the three-pointer thing, you know, and look around, you're not the guy, you're not the last guy in the last 30 seconds to make a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with a, a sack in the NFL. You know, somebody sacked a quarterback about a quarter ago, uh, and it's happening all over the league while you're playing your game. There's a bunch of other guys that are sacking quarterbacks. You didn't do anything that is really terribly special. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. Just go out, celebrate with your teammates, but not just you. Celebrate with your teammates together and then go on to the next play. Okay. Well, number Your number one. My number one. Oh, God. Athletes who – who um, oh, athletes who decide that they just all of a sudden want to be play-by-play announcers. God, I hate that. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I don't have my medicine, so I had to be calm about this. I have no problem, and I'm going to give you give you a really good example of someone that I respect that did their homework, that really um, they went to school for you know mass you know for mass communication, or they you know they really did their homework. Tony, uh, I think his last name is Tony Green, who used to play with the Washington Redskins. He's great to work with. He was a former player in the NFL, played with the Redskins, played on the Super Bowl team. He is a pleasure to work with and when he does color. And he knows the game. He knows how to broadcast it. Everson Walls, he's another one, just really knowledgeable. He knows how to paint a mental picture. He understands how to tell people at home on radio or television how things are going on. I can really respect those guys because they just don't assume they know how to broadcast. They actually work at it. I really respect that. Here's what I don't respect. You can't just say all of a sudden that you're retiring and now all of a sudden you have almost zero experience and you're now a play-by-play announcer. I can't stand it because I can't go to somebody and says, you know what, I want to be a kicker. You know, I've, I've got yeah, I've got some experience in high school. I'm, gonna I'm go getting kick. out of the media. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go kick. I, come on, let me be your field goal. Better yet, I'm going to tell you this one. I, you know what, I've looked at a ton of football games or basketball games. I'm going to go coach now. I can't I, do that. I've played Madden my whole life. Yeah, now I can go <laughs> so coach. So now I can go coach high school. <laughs> so if, if I can't just jump up, and go coach football or basketball because I've seen a lot of games. I, I know what they're doing. Why should they be able to just come and broadcast games? Just because you know the game does not mean you know how to broadcast the game. Just because I know the game doesn't mean I can coach the game. I can't stand that. I don't care how good a player was. I'm going to just be honest with you. How many people remember the Magic Johnson show? It was terrible. Yeah. It was awful. Magic Johnson, one of the nicest guys – all of that great personality, it did not translate well for them having his own show. Yeah, on TV, yeah. It just didn't do well. How many times have we heard Barkley is just now watchable? I mean, you know, he's crazy. He's got this homespun humor. But how many times in the early days we say, God, this is terrible. It's awful to watch. I can't stand it. You know, it's like watching this golf game. It's just comical <laughs> at times. So, you know, but that's what I'm saying is that I like people and I like athletes who actually work at it and don't just assume. They just don't just jump out there and just think because they were an athlete they can go and broadcast. They, if you actually go to school and you, you study this or if you actually have worked at it and then you become good at it, I can respect that. I have no respect for just people just, just jumping and doing play-by-play because I can't go in and just jump from the booth to coaching. I think it's the exact same thing. And people say, well, play-by-play is not that hard. It is an art form. It is not the same thing. Just because you know the game doesn't mean you can come and call the game. Just because I know the game doesn't mean I can coach the game. And I've watched thousands of games between high school and football and college and pros. That doesn't mean I can go coach it. So I, th- that's just one of those things that just is so incessantly irritating. That was my number one because I can't stand to see that. I want to go ahead. Uh, everybody was nice enough to text in. I want to get these texts in before we have to go. Um, Larry in Monroe says, uh, my big, pe- biggest pet peeve in the world is that parent of parents yelling and screaming at their sons and daughters playing youth sports. They're still trying to live their lives <laughs> through their children. That's a really, really good one. Marcus from Minden, um, I'm not a fan of the media taking down, uh, talking a team's roster before they even practice, let alone play together. And then uh, Shane says, that's about the only thing that hasn't worked for Magic Johnson. 
<laughs> so at least he found one thing that he couldn't do. My number one, and it doesn't really need a whole lot of explanation, and that is uh, politics uh, bleeding over into sports. Yeah. And even into Hollywood. I don't care, just as me as a person, and I'm not talking about necessarily the protests and all that, but I don't care what the athletes think. I don't care what their their opinion is not going to affect my opinion. If I have a certain opinion about any political things or any social uh, values or anything like that, uh, people in Hollywood coming on TV and going, well, I think it should be this way. I don't care. You know, uh, the one thing that bugs me in that area is all of the late night talk show guys. They think they can control people's opinion by having their monologue every night uh, bash the government. And I don't care. I don't care what Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert, or they, I don't care what they think about politics. Same thing with sports. I don't care what the athletes think. They're welcome to say what they want to say, but they're not going to influence my opinion one way or the other. Just go out and play the games. We enjoy sports in this country to enjoy sports and to enjoy the sport of it. So athletes, keep it out of the sports and let us as fans just enjoy the sports. Thank you. Well said, sir. Thank you. And thank you for listening to us here on The Edge this week. Again, uh, hopefully Jamie will be back again. Please remember uh, the Fox family and your prayers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.